0: Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast, Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. You're dialed into Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater Podcast. Be a part of the show live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, Talking Into Infinity.com, or the CMS Network.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a dream theater podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, Talking Into and the CMS We are here every other Thursday live on those four locations or at those four locations if you prefer proper English at 7 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you would like to catch video replays of the show just go to our YouTube channel or better yet check out heavy metal television all of our episodes are there on demand and if you'd like to download the audio version of the podcast just google talking into infinity podcast and we will be pretty much anywhere you find your shows so uh, before we get into tonight's topic which i am going to get crucified for more than likely uh quick show note tonight brian will not be with us tonight i do have a special guest host who i will be bringing on in just a minute here uh brian said that it is okay to let everybody know unfortunately he did lose his father suddenly uh, a week ago uh about a week and a half ago so he will not be able to make it tonight. he's uh, taking care of some family business as you would expect. Um, so real quick personal message to Brian uh, he'll be checking out the show later but um, I love you man and I am so very sorry for what you're going through and um, you know if I know I was, yeah, it's always so cliche to say if you need anything call me but we've talked a little bit but you know my phone is always on bro and I love you and um, take all the time you need. And I miss you, and I hope you and the family are doing as well as can be expected. So much love to you, brother. So uh, that having been said, let me bring on my esteemed co-host for the night, a special guest host. You guys know him and love him from the comments section. He's been a guest host a few times before. All the way from Australia, Mr. Kale McLeish. What's going on, man?
1: Good evening. Good morning. Good whatever it is for you, wherever you're watching. How (laughs) are you, man?
0: I am doing very well, man. I, I am I'm ready to probably get my ass kicked tonight. Uh, this this is going to be an interesting one for sure. As soon as soon as I as soon as I drew up the numbers for what albums were going against each other, I was like, oh, this is not going to go well this, for me. This is
1: a hell of a one to do, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I
0: I do it at random, and so I don't I don't think oh. I wonder what this would be like against this one. Like I literally pull up a random number generator and mm-hmm. I just, okay, what number album is that? Okay. And, and it came up with uh, four and five and I was like, Oh boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. So it just so happened. It's my favorite record versus the record that a lot of fans, if they don't have images and words as their favorite or the best, they have scenes from a memory as their favorite or the best. So uh, Neil McLeish, uh, is that a relation of yours?
1: That is my father. Hey, Dad.
0: Oh, there you go. Hey, what's up? What's up, uh, Mr. McLeish? Good to see you here. says, my condolences to Brian and his family. Thank you very much. That's very kind to of you, man. Uh, Adam Rishog, he is here. It's great to see you, man. He says, all the best to Brian and the rest of his family. The Dream Theater family loves you and is with you. That is very kind to of you, man. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. But he also says, this is going to be the easiest cage match ever. <laughs> so we will see So, but it's really not i mean once you brought
1: this one up it's just like oh yeah i'll check them out it's just like this is a lot more even than i would have thought
0: yeah i you know we'll get into it shortly here like the song by song like we like to do um it was interesting for me going back through the albums and listening to them Because, you know, it's one of the things that happens when we do these is you you really dig in and you hear things that you never really heard before. And, you know, especially for me, you know, with falling into infinity, I love it and everything, but I was really kind of going through it. And I really kind of realized, like, everybody knows that that was their attempt to write more commercial songs. Uh, You know, they, they were trying to get that hit. They were, you know, kind of bowing to label pressure. But when you listen, when I listened back to it, I was like, OK, I can hear that in like Petrucci's riffs. But then Portnoy's over top just like doing the busiest drums in so many simple parts. Like he was just fighting that record label right ahead. He's like, no, damn it, we're a prog band. <laughs> and then yeah. conversely, when I was listening back to scenes, I was like, I never really realized how much I really considered that one giant piece of music. I didn't really consider it on a song by song basis. So
1: did, I mean, definitely. So did you come
0: it's... across anything like that? I
1: definitely did. you did. come across I mean, anything like that? Listening to Falling Into Infinity and Dividing, Burning My Soul and Hell's Kitchen and Lines Into the Sand. It's like, these are good songs on their own, but damn, it's a continuous piece. They are so much better. Okay. Listening to pretty much any of scenes and isolating Overture from Strange Days, mm-hmm. the isolating Through My Words from fatal tragedy all of that is just like oh god you know it's not they aren't really songs that are meant to be divided so taking this on a song by song basis it's it's tricky
0: wow it's very tricky nope. so gibson les paul says adams right this is a slaughter <laughs> well i like i say i knew i knew i was going to take a beating i knew that i was i was going to take a beating on this one so uh, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, so why don't we, why don't we just get right into this and we'll start right off the top. Uh, ju- just as a quick note here, we, we always have to have the songs, you know, they have to be an equal number. So it's 11 versus 11. So what we did to even things up is we combined regression and overture 19, into one song. So we're going to do, we're going to do that. And we're gonna start right from the top, and we have New Millennium versus Regression Overture 1928. I will let you start. What do you have as as uh, what do you have as the winning track?
1: I actually had New Millennium as the winning track, even over Overture 1928. Okay, putting Regression and Overture together. I mean Overture on its own is a great song, but Overture into Strange Stage of Vu is what would have given it over the New Millennium. New Millennium's just a hell of a jam. I love that track. You know, it's got so much opener potential. I don't know where I ranked that back in the album openers episode that you guys did, but it's so good. It's so, hey, here we are, this is the new album, check it out. Taking overture away from Strange Deja Vu is not as good. It's kind of like you get that da 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 da, and you're okay. waiting for it to kick over, and it's like, where is it? That's a separated piece, it's not there.
0: Okay. Well, apparently my so microphone. new millennium
1: as being a whole piece definitely wins for me.
0: Okay. Apparently, my computer is doing the mic thing again, which I cannot figure out. So I have I have no idea what the hell it's doing. But, um, so we're gonna power through. Um,
1: where where do you end it on this? So,
0: one? I have New Millennium as well, and you know, for me, New Millennium always has this killer groove, and it's it, it's like you said, it's it's a it's a great album opener you know i i love it personally um, it's not as progressive as a lot of their other stuff but it just it moves it just keeps moving and moving and moving like it just jams so i really really like that um you know and again this was the first example if you really listen to it like there's some pretty just straight ahead riffage going on and port you know getting busy with it to kind of keep it in that dream Theater mold, which is really cool. Um, you know, and I like I like the vocal. You know, I got this feeling tight as time no baby. Like that's cool. Um, and honestly, it's it's a pair of it's a pair of intro tracks against an actual song, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So for that reason, I had to go with New Millennium. Definitely. So I was surprised. I you know, I was kind of su- I really I really thought that like, you would go with Overture 1928
1: I thought I'd go with Overture 1928 but Regression isn't a track I've ever particularly gravitated towards and then 1928 okay. without Deja Vu feels off, feels strange <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay Alright, so let's move on to the second track I'm out with that one Alright so the second track we have you not me versus strange deja vu and I am going to go with strange deja vu for this one. Yeah so the one thing the one thing I would say as kind of a caveat to this is you not me was written by Petrucci with uh, Desmond Child. And I would love to hear the version that was done with Desmond Child, because I guess the reason they couldn't use it was because the the chorus was too high for James to sing. So I would be really interested to hear, like, what that actually sounded like to see if that would like change the song up at all. Um, but again, it's you know, you know, me has got a, a big fat groove. You know, the whole record's got big fat grooves to me. And you know, as much as I like it, "Strange Days" mm-hmm. I would just stand out so much more. I mean, it's like to me that's the. Tr- intro to the record and you know that song also has a good groove but it gets progressive in parts um it's it's just a great great intro to what's coming later so um you know it stands out more to me so that's you know i picked strange deja vu where do do you fall
1: i picked strange deja vu as well you know you not me's kind of off with the desmond child rewrite because what we've got on falling into infinity is what Desmond brought into it. It's You or Me that was the original Dream Theater version, and I think I would have actually taken that over Strange Deja Vu if it was left alone because I love that demo of it. It's a solid rocker. Okay. But listening to directly what's on the albums, not taking into account the Falling Into Infinity demos version, not taking into account any of that, Strange Deja Vu has – such a killer opening lyric with uh, the subconscious strain sensation. It's just like, ooh, yep. all right, James is there. Here we go. <laughs> Strap in. And then when you get to the middle with the... It's just like, damn, that's a catchy riff. Right. I mean, there's so much going for that track. It's just like, here we go. This, I'm, I'm in for this where's the rest of this album going to take me cuz this if this is a snapshot I'm liking what I'm saying play me out.
0: yep i completely agree that's that's my that's my whole feeling it's it's such a strong such a strong album opener and and you know sets the table for what you're going to get going forward so uh adam adam rishog he says i have to choose new millennium so so he was with us so that was that was a that was a pretty much a pretty much a landslide victory for new millennium Joe yeah. Gebhardt says Overture 1928 was actually the first dream theater I ever heard. It holds that first listen spot on my list. He'll go with that. So we finally got a vote for that. And, uh, Adam Rishog is chiming in on our track too. This one is easy. Remember a few weeks ago when you were mentioning the 10 worst songs, you, not me would define, would define, would be, would definitely be on that list. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to go against you on that one, but <laughs> I, w- I would not agree with you there, but, uh,
1: Again, not me versus or me. I think I'd agree with him.
0: Okay. All right. All right. So let's move on to track number three. So we have Peruvian Skies versus Through My Words. What do you got?
1: Is it really a question? We've got a fragment of the Fatal Tragedy intro versus an actual song. Peruvian Skies. Obviously. (laughs) for. All the reasons that we took New Millennium over over to nineteen twenty eight. It's an actual song. You get the full story. I like the lyric. I love the Metallica meets Pink Floyd groove that we have all throughout it. I think it's a great song. I think it's one of my favourites on All the Falling into Infinity. Through my words.
0: <laughs> yeah, I. Th- it's in my notes. It's kind of unfair. You know, yeah. since through my words, it's so short, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah. You know, I definitely agree with you on Peruvian Skies. You know, it's got the separate halves. You know, it's it's mellow. And then also it builds to this, like, total, like, enter Sandman. And as kind of, you know, it's it's just great. And, you know, there's that, there's that build up near the end over that single note run. And you know it's building and building and building and all of a sudden it's like you could just you could just like picture Mike Port noise standing up just going you know that real simple part. So that just rocks. Um And I will say I wondered why you know, I mean through my words is a beautiful note. I've always wondered why they didn't pair it with fatal tragedy.
1: They've it never seems played. like they should play together. That's They've never played one without the other. It feels like it is the same song. I mean.
0: Yeah. I mean, that was really weird to me.
1: And hearing him in isolation again, it's like. Okay, hit the rest of it. No? Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, Gibson Les Paul says, you know, scenes from a memory is a tough album for this game because of all those short pieces of music that connect songs. Yeah. Well, straight up. but see, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Gibson. There's only 12 cuts on the record though. So it's not like the astonishing where it's, you know, like 37 or whatever the hell, however many there are. Like it, this is literally only 12 songs. I mean, it, it seems like there's more of those interlude type of things, but th- but there's not, and I I think that's because you've got songs like this that are so short, and then you get into stuff like Home, that's you know, almost twelve minutes long, so you got a couple of really long ones, and then you've got a couple of really short ones, so I I think I think it's kind of you know yeah, but numbers we're wise, saying short ones. Out, we've got but...
1: forty seconds of one of them, don't we? yeah i mean how how long is through my words it it literally is a detached it's, intro
0: they're like they're like a minute so i mean there's that but you know like i say unfortunately for the for the cage matches it's got to go song by song and we, we even mm-hmm. out the number so this is just the way the chips fell man this is just the way the chips fell. So, yeah, I st- I still don't know how the hell we're gonna do the astonishing. I I might, you know. Side note, I might leave that one out of the cage matches because, like, what do you? How do you do? How do you do that? I mean, you are gonna there'll be so I many combinations. I don't think you can of...
1: fairly match it up with anything.
0: No, I I don't unless either. you like. I really don't
1: cut a particular number of scenes to try and fit with something else. But even then, it's I don't know
0: yeah all right moving on to track four we have hollow years versus fatal tragedy i have hollow years coming out on top and this was a difficult one but hollow years is one of my all-time favorites and it's one of those ones that it's it's just um, incredible on the record and every time you know they do it live i've seen it a few times it just comes off even better and uh, you know it, it, to me like any time they can back off the prog and prove that they can write a song that's as you know concise direct and emotional as this one is you know hollow years to me that's impressive it's cool it's like a it's like a it's kind of like a break in the action in a way you know it kind of like cleanses your palate for more of the crazy prog stuff that'll come after it so you know i love that um and honestly being honest i i maybe swayed a little bit because of the live of buddha version, because that's just one of the best things i've ever done so i mean that could be that could be <laughs> playing a part in this too uh, and i you know i really like this solo. so you know but um you know honestly i picked it because if, I, if you if you said hey man, what, what comes to mind which song do you want to hear Hollow years you know or uh, you know Fatal Fatal tragedy, tragedy. I'm gonna go. Uh, Hallow Years. Like it's just, it's a visceral thing for me. Yeah. So, um, but Fatal Tragedy is great, man. There's a ton of awesome harmony parts in it. Uh, you know, there's some really weird sounding stuff in there that they did. Um, it, it's it's a great song. It's an absolutely great song. But you know, for me, it's hollow Years. What do you got? What what is your choice Fatal for tragedy number four?
1: For me, this is our first. This right. is our first split. <laughs> Right, I'm surprised it took us this far into the album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am too, honestly. <laughs> but i right, so have surprised the other tragedy. ones
1: are as clear-cut as they are. As you said, it's got so much of the vocal harmony stuff that I love. It's got that really cool Brian May effect, and then it's got the Megadeth shrink and grow section coming to back it out. It's a great continuation to the story. It's my own lyric What's not to love with Fatal Tragedy? I'd just, I love Hollow Years as well. But as we're saying, we're kind of going album versions. If it was the Hollow Years off live at Budokan, Fatal Tragedy would be wiped out for sure. But yep. I think taking album version versus album version into account, if I'm listening to that, I'm definitely going to go Fatal.
0: Well, jo- Joe Gebhardt agrees with you. He says Fatal Tragedy. Adam Rishog, he says, Fatal Tragedy for me, but barely. If you counted the Live at Budokan version of Hollow Years, that would win. Thank you for
1: putting my point into so few words.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Gibson Les Paul agrees. Hollow Years wins if it were on the Budokan version. And what's with the sound on John's lead in Fatal Tragedy? Way too loud in the mix. Wow. I've never heard a Dream Theater fan complain that Petrucci's too loud that's a first <laughs> actually he, he got a point he got a point that's that's a new one for me man i've i've never i've never heard that before um yeah i you know again guys like th- this was a difficult one because i love this was years definitely a difficult one so much but i mean fatal mm-hmm. tragedy is so strong and but hollow years is just again this is probably a personal preference thing and again, I wonder if I was swayed a little bit on this, not only because, you know, falling into infinity is a favorite of mine, but because I'm so used to considering scenes as an entire record. So it's weird for me to break it down into pieces. So I, Maybe I shouldn't have done this one. <laughs> I should have picked this, a different record. <laughs> Concept Records this don't is count definitely a hard one. Yep. All right, moving I- on to. Track number five, five, Burning My Soul versus Beyond This Life. You are up.
1: I had Beyond This Life. I definitely had Beyond This Life. and I'm not okay. taking into account any of the Budokan versions or anything. I'm taking the album version all the way. It's such a good metal jam. It's, again, great Lyrics, great storyline, and just the solos at the end. I mean, what what can you what can you want more than that? And Petrucci's crazy lead going into the. She wanted love forever. Just that huge right. lead bit. It's just like, ah, <laughs> this song is so good. I love it. I love Burning My Soul as well. I think it's a great little five-minute jam. If we took Burning My Soul 97 over Beyond This Life again, it would be a hard matchup. But um, no, Beyond This Life for me, definitely on this one. What do you have?
0: Okay. Well, I actually I have Beyond This Life as well. Um, the one thing I will say about Burning My Soul is that you know, finally, you, you featured the bass pretty prominently, and it's definitely an example of the fact that Falling Into Infinity has his best bass tone, I think, on any of the records. It's just huge. And that is on full display, you know, in Burning My Soul and that intro and stuff. Um, you know, Burning My Soul, it's, it's another straight jammer. It just rocks all the way through. Um
1: and it also has some kick-ass Derek
0: Chirinian work on it. Uh, you know the solo is cool, and if you've ever heard like the behind the scenes, like the demo, so like the making of the record, you know it's it's going going into the twisting, turning, like that little thing. If you really listen, it's <laughs> <doing> crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's this really weird keyboard thing, and nah, it's 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 crazy, man. Like it, you don't really notice yeah. it unless you know it's there. And Once you know it's there, you're like, wow, that's pretty nutty. But um, you know, I like I like that thing. Keep the double bass going you know throughout most of the song i think that's a really cool touch to keep it kind of driving but you know beyond this life is you know it's there's more to it it's more nuanced, and you know i i've always really liked the juxtaposition between the heavy parts and the mellow parts um yeah so i i I like i like when they go back and forth in the same song that's always been really cool to me so and i find that first
1: chorus just so creepy yeah so
0: cool (laughs) yep yeah the the weird effect on it stuff i totally agree totally agree with that um yeah i mean honestly dude this song has all it's got you know your fast parts it's got the rocking parts it's got the weird parts the metal parts like anything anything you would want you know out of a dream theater song you pretty much have in this one so you know for that one i definitely definitely have to go with that uh joe gebhart says kale you have a powerful voice, so there you go. And I'm not even warmed Some up. is man. <laughs> Cheers, man. <I>
1: appreciate
0: it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Adam Rishog says this one is so easy. Beyond this life, every day of the week might be one of the more underrated one of one of the more underrated Dream Theater songs, along with the Great Debate. I will agree with you 100 percent there. Yeah. I mean, the, the Great Debate is highly underrated, and I think this one doesn't get mentioned either. Uh, Rock and Roll Podcast is checking in. What's up, man? Good to see you. Uh, so speaking of what Adam said about underrated Dream Theater songs and Beyond This Life, I did want to ask you, because I was thinking about this before we went on, how often have they played stuff from scenes live besides uh, you know Spirit Carries On? Because... Outside of like you know, parts that are in the instrumentally, and I th- I think I heard him play, uh, strange déjà vu once live. But other than that, unless they're doing like, you know, on on the twenty fourteen tour or you know when they did the whole record the two times they did it, they don't play this in pieces parts except for a spirit carries on. I mean, am I wrong in saying that? I mean, other people may have seen it live and there may be bootlegs, but I haven't heard it. Have you? Uh,
1: déjà vu and overture. Together showed up a lot on Six Degrees, and Systematic Chaos. Beyond This Life showed up a lot on Black Clouds. So Dance of Eternity. Yeah, they they do do pieces.
0: Okay, they yeah, I just up. I I just have not heard them. Uh, not Joe so Gephard- much
1: since Mangini joined, but yeah.
0: Okay. Joe Gebhardt says they've played home quite a few times. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I've just never heard it. It's it's a record they. They just haven't touched on, you know, when, I, when I've when i seen them. Uh, Actually,
1: I, <laughs> I remember now that he's brought that up. I mean, on um, Portnoy's behind-the-scenes tour on the Chaos in Motion DVD, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, John's got one guitar in Drop D, and he used that on Misunderstood and on Home, which I've conveniently put together on the set tonight, aren't I, great?"
0: <laughs> nice, that's perfect, so, man. You
1: know they they show up. They definitely show
0: up. <laughs> Adam Rishog says, "I think I can speak for all of us when I say we want a John and Kale duet vocal album." <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get my crap to work first. Apparently, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm keen on it if you are. <laughs> I'll do it, man. I'll do it. You'd be the more clean voice. I'd be the more dirty voice, and off yeah. we go, man. That Fix would work.
1: Stuff it. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll talk after the show my my people will contact your (laughs) people
0: i love it man (laughs) i love it all right so moving on we have hell's kitchen against through her eyes and this is officially uh one of the two decisions on this one that is you know one of two decisions that were the easiest for me i have hell's kitchen uh it's my favorite dream theater instrumental even though there's a pretty kick-ass instrumental coming later on scenes uh to me uh hell's kitchen is just perfect the melody is amazing the way that builds throughout the whole song um you know i'm not even kidding like this is my this is my alarm so i literally wake up to hell's kitchen every morning (laughs) so um through her eyes is a great song uh i mean it's it's a beautiful song so i'm nothing against it uh uh, I will say, I do love James F- falsetto at the end. That thing that he does, like, ah, ah, like, all that is just, it's, it's, he's never really done much of that ever, and it adds to the song so much at the end. So that part is great, and I really like it, but Hell's Kitchen is just untouchable for me. So, wh- uh, what? which one did you pick? What do you got, Hell's Kitchen or Through Her Eyes?
1: Two songs on Fretless Bass, two songs with Great energy to them, but uh, thanks to the Images, Words, and Beyond tour, I'm definitely going Hell's Kitchen. It's just. All right. Again, talking about Burning My Soul 97, I think this is one of the greatest changes made in the production process of Falling into Infinity because all that guitar solo bit was a guitar solo for Burning My Soul used to go f- into the keyboard solo and Burning Myself straight off that bit. But the climax yep. of this thing, I mean, just that, it's like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And you know what? We're talking dream theatre here. I like it. I like Hell's Kitchen more because it's the full band. There's no portnoy on through our eyes. It's a drum machine.
0: Oh, all right. That's I'm good, not, that's I'm not talking. It's
1: Mike Mangini. I'm talking. There is an actual <laughs> drum machine.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Well, like that makes one sense. Of two they've ever done. The other one being "Speak to Me." Okay. And that Speak to Me." Now, you now you're know, pulling out. I just, I just think. Cuts. I just think Hell's Kitchen is a wonderful instrumental. I think Petrucci is at his best on. I think it actually is one of the best Petrucci solo bits on Hell's Kitchen. He's got such a mastery of it on this. It's it's hard to pass up. It's very hard to pass up.
0: I completely agree, man. Uh, <laughs> Joe Gebhart says we should talk about our album over a gorilla fart. <laughs> I think even if Cale did drink alcohol, he wouldn't drink a gorilla fart. I think I'm the only one dumb enough to do that. So I Oh, would've... good. You
1: do know what to drink.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of gorilla farts, we are going to do another fan hangout coming up here in the next few months. And when we do that, I challenge other people to get on camera and do a gorilla fart. Uh, I think I can get up to 10 people on here. So if, so if up to 10 people want to get on, we'll do like a community gorilla fart just to see how many people have the balls to throw one of those, one of those <laughs> back. Um,
1: That is going to be so much
0: fun to watch. Oh, my gosh. All right. Adam, we're finally on the same page. Adam Rishog says, Hell's Kitchen for me, too. Also, my favorite instrumental, John. This one we can agree on. (laughs) All right. So we finally finally got on the same page with that. Okay. Uh, Joe Gebhardt, he agrees with us as well. Although, through her eyes is beautiful, Hell's Kitchen wins. All right, so that was that was a that was a pretty easy one right there. So
1: so we're going from one of the easiest choices to the one that I still can't make up my mind on. This is <laughs> the number one. I I can't pick here. It's ah, oh, I hate this bit. So you can well, go first. You, oh, you're, you're gonna you're
0: gonna defer. You're gonna defer the kickoff to me. Okay. Uh, we have lines in the sand versus home, and uh, I chose home. Uh, on lines in the sand. There's some killer Sharinian stuff. I, that's one thing you know. I didn't say from the outset. Though I mean, you know, falling into infinity is is totally. It's obviously the one full Sharinian record. Obviously, he played on, uh, you know, the on, Ch- on a change of seasons. But I think his keyboard playing and his writing with with Dream Theater is so underrated. And lines in the sand is a perfect example of that. It's such a great song like his keyboards are so prominent um and when, when they're jamming live and then they just all of a sudden like stop and then they just hold it out even just the sound that that kind of rumbling like sound you know what's coming you have to hit a note it's it's that recognizable so um you know the doug Pinnock cameos kick ass you know um and after after the after the mellow solo i like the simple stuff you know you know, doing the, the the double time hi hat and all that kind of busy stuff with like the stacks and everything. Thing, and I love that. But I don't say, dude, it's home. That song kicks ass. <laughs> I mean, the vocals are so catchy in so many spots. Um, the big build to get to the end is awesome. Uh, th- this is another one of those songs that I don't think I would ever complain about if they, uh, if they. If they played home every time I saw them, I'd be like, okay. I I just think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. And now that I've given you time, a few extra minutes to make up your mind, what do you got? Home or Lines in the Sand?
1: I honestly can't pick. They are such different entities here that it's,
0: it's impossible to take one over the other. It really is. You know um, the cage match rule. There are no ties. I
1: think there has to be. You can, I don't think you can take one over the other. Uh, no. I think no. I don't know what Brian would pick. I I'm kind of wanting to pick "Lines in the Sand" just on the fact that I love that guitar solo. You know, but then that outro to "Home" is perfect. I love Jordan's use of the sitar and the tabla under it. But I don't know. I think Lines in the Sand might just edge it out just so minusculely. I mean, my I am such a home fan. I've got to see Portnoy do it on Shattered Fortress. And as James says, this is yep. the metal song. But
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's...
1: I I think Lion's because I want to see it over home that I have seen a live performance of. Okay. Just for, I'm curious to see if they do it. I'm hoping, now that they've done Burning My Soul and Hell's Kitchen with Mangini, that this might be coming up somewhere on a view from the top of the world. I would love it if they dug this one out.
0: Well, you know me. If they pull out anything from Falling Into Infinity, I'd be like, yes. So, uh, all right. So all right, so so you are on board with uh, Lines in the Sand. Okay. Gibson Gibson Les Paul says, you can pull my dream theater card now if you want, because I don't like home. Lines in the sand wins. Wow. There's another thing I've never heard a dream theater fan say. <laughs> I Gibson's don't like, but, on the hot take train tonight. It? Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Here we go. Adam Adam Rishog and Joe Gebhart both agree, both agree with me. They're going with home. So there we go. You you are you are you are in the minority on this one. I really I really thought I really thought you, you, didn't, you were gonna you, go home you know on what?
1: This, I'm, be honest. I'm 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 only slightly in the minority because I'm that undecided. I don't know, it might sway me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're already on record, man. Don't, don't be cheating.
1: <laughs> All right. I, I, I think anyone on. watching or listening to this episode knows that it's not a clear cut decision either way from me.
0: Well, again, you know you know the cage match rules, man. There can be no ties between songs. If there's an even number of songs on a record, you can have a tie there, but you cannot have you cannot have a tie per song. So,
1: Brian, back me up. I need help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's his rule. He he would tell you himself.
1: Look, if <laughs> Richard's allowed to have six degrees and Octavarium in a set list draft, then I'm allowed to have a tie on this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so real quick is my microphone still acting like a bitch
1: it's on and off it's Uh, really on and off
0: yeah I just got a text message from Chris Aiken, the kind gentleman that puts us on the CMS network and uh, I'll have to get with him and he can fix my computer since he's an IT guy and I have no idea what it's doing so I turned off everything that would possibly use it and it's still being a dick so oh I hate computers I hate them but Nothing I can do about it, so let's move on to track eight. You'll be first on this one. We have Take Away My Pain versus The Dance of Eternity.
1: A song that I like to cover versus one of the most insane instrumental masterpieces of all time. I mean, Dance of Eternity. Come on. It's another one of those songs like, Metropolis that defines what these guys can do. It is absolutely visceral. It is intense. It is everything. And following off of the last line of Metropolis being that love is the dance of eternity. It's basically the sex scene. Let's be honest. I love this bloody instrumental. There's I don't know. I don't think they've ever done anything that compares to it. I think this is one of the best showcases of what those four guys did together in the Portnoy era. Okay. Well, the Portnoy Rudis era, anyway.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I actually am going the other way. I'm making a controversial pick. I'm going with Take Away My Pain. Um, it's. I love the ballroom part in the middle of the dance of eternity. Getting some super speed. My young souling never sucks. Um, you're right. I mean, it's absolutely flawless in terms of an instrumental. I totally love it. But the reason I picked Take Away My Pain is because I remember it more quickly. Uh, they're both incredible. But I think, you know, Take Away My Pain comes into my head quicker when you when you if you mention both song titles i'll hear take away my pain more quickly uh, than i would the dance of eternity uh, the, the middle section to me is one of the best things they've ever done because you know the rest of the song is plaintive and thoughtful and kind of you know major key like and it's nice but then the middle section is where it drops down and like the true emotion of what's going on like it's almost like you know the verses, you know, Petrucci's telling a story, but then that middle part is actually, you know, you know, before it, like the the bridge and the solo, that's what he's actually feeling, like the pain and the hurt and the darkness, and I I love that, I totally love that. So, man, it's I love the dance of eternity, but take away my pain is always kind of like I hate to use the term, but hit me in the feels. Yeah. So you
1: know, fair, fair enough, fair enough.
0: Yeah. So for me, take away my pain, and I know I'm, you know, I'm getting killed for that. Uh, <laughs> oh, Adam Rich- I was in the minority before, so yeah. Yeah. Adam Rishdog says this is not even close. Take away my pain is more of a filler track. Dance is basically a perfect instrumental. Like, right.
1: Uh
0: well, yeah, no, actually, yeah, I, not, I
1: get fu- it. not fully agreed. Not fully agreed. I don't think it's a filler track. I think it's one of their best ballads, actually. To be honest.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, dude, it ju- it just stands out to me so much, and I, I, so so much of this record is just it just hits me the right way, and this is another example of that. So, yeah, it's it just stands out a little bit more, and
1: maybe it's unfair to compare an instrumental
0: against a song with vocals because you kind of think of a song with vocals before you think of an instrumental in a lot of cases, but yeah. again, the chips fall how they fall, man. So it is what it is. All right. Number nine, we have just let me breathe versus one last time. And, uh, unfortunately we have another short one versus a regular song. So I obviously have just let me breathe. This is another one that absolutely just grooves. Uh, You just pop your head the whole tune and it's just, you know, um, and, and I've always loved the lyrics and how ballsy Portnoy was. You know, he was so pissed off at record labels and the corporate music machine at that time. And he just goes out and fillets them in the lyrics to this and to specifically, you know, crap on two guys who basically killed themselves and Shannon Hoon and Kurt Cobain. I mean, that's just, that takes some balls, man. You know, because those guys technically could just be like record sales, dude, scoreboard. But he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, you sold records because you blew your head off or overdosed. You know, (laughs) like he just pulls no punches. And I've always thought that's such a cool aspect of the song. Um, You know, I mean, one last time is it's very majestic. It's very hooky, but it's very short. So there's not a lot there to compare it with. And Just Let Me Breathe is a jammer. So uh, do I even need to ask which one you picked? Or did you go out on a limb and take one last time?
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I took Just Let Me Breathe. I mean, it's one of my favorite aggressive LaBrie vocals with that. Strike up your best text, written posture. It's just like, oh, yep. hello. Like that bit. It's such a good riff. And the other thing I like about it is that it turns around the line from Take the Time. Where you just close your mind, just close your eyes, you can find all you need in your mind. They take that around turn it the other way. It's cool callback, and it changes the meaning of it, and it's I love it. It's a good
0: song. I never noticed that before, man. That's an awesome catch. I I did not ever notice that. That is cool, dude.
1: (laughs) And I like with Sons of Apollo. They changed the names of it as well just to keep it a little bit more – yeah, modernly relevant as well. It's, it's
0: I wonder, are we allowed to do an episode about Sons of Apollo? Like, are we gonna? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I reckon you could. Brian and I are huge fans. I mean, you know, we've sp- already, it, it, we've
1: already had side projects, so.
0: Yeah, but I mean, this isn't a side project, really. I mean, it's an actual thing. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise that I'd be a fan of Sons of Apollo, considering it's Derek Sherinian and Mike Portnoy who wrote, you know, two thirds of the writing duo on my favorite Dream Theater record yeah. so go figure I would like the band they're in together that sounds like Dream Theater right. um, man Gibson Les Paul what the hell are you doing tonight man Gibson Les Paul says one last time is great and a perfect intro to spirit one last time wins dude you are on drugs it's like a minute and ten seconds long he's he's just trolling now Gibson's just trolling
1: I I, I will say I like it as an outro to dance and as Intro to spirit, but at the same time, a lot of it feels filler to me. Like the lyrics, until it brings back the strange deja vu reprise, don't add anything new.
0: Yeah. Oh, JG3, what's up, man? How is it going, dude? I haven't seen you in a bit. Good to see you. Thanks for checking out the show. Sarcasmo asks could you fix that background? <laughs> Are you talking about the show background or my personal background, dude? <laughs> or my you,
1: background.
0: Know- oh, no. He's, he's talking about mine. <laughs> he is not a falling into Infinity fan. I, I, have a, I have a strange feeling his scorecard would be 11 to nothing in favor of scenes.
1: I've got to be honest, though. I really have to hand it to scenes for being the first album to use one of these.
0: Oh, The Majesty?
1: Well, the start of the prototypes to the Magnastic at least.
0: What finish is that since you can't really see? Is it This I mean, is
1: the uh Mystic Dream.
0: So is that the okay. translucent one that's like blue, yeah, purple, green? Oh, that's awesome. you know why why would you why would anybody get any other color but that? That's so that's such a great such a great color, man. Oh, Alright Hard to finger
1: pink, but yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have the last two. We have Annalie versus The Spirit Carries On. Fine. What do you got?
1: One of them, once again, defines the band for sure. So you kind of have to take spirit, I think. Annaly is a great song. If you love Elton John, it's an awesome song. If you love Derek's songwriting, it's a really good song. It's a good song. It's not The Spirit Carries On, though. I think the spirit carries on resonates in the hearts of pretty much every dream theater fan ever look at Luna Park with crying girl, have a look at <laughs> Wacken and see a bunch of metal heads standing at one of the biggest metal festivals of all time, bawling because they're playing spirit carries on.
0: Look at you bringing up the Wacken festival. Good reference.
1: I've been uh, on a bit of a, Man, Genie kick recently. Um just finished distant memories. You know, listening to all the albums again and watching. I think I just watched um, Pistoria Blues Fest as well, which was one of the bootlegs from that 30th anniversary tour. God, that had a good set list, didn't it? Where are we? Where are we? Strange topic here, aren't we? <laughs> hey. No, but uh, going down the rabbit hole. Carries man? on, and that solo and. Portnoy's big ending fields or the to do do it's like if you're talking dream theater ballads that is it for me. It doesn't get much better
0: yeah well I am uh you're not gonna believe this. I am going with Anna Lee. Just kidding! On I wanted to see On what
1: grounds? <laughs> On what grounds?
0: Even, even, even I can't make that joke, man. Um, it's, I love Anna Lee. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's like a guilty pleasure for me. It's, and honestly, up against a lot of other songs, it would have won. It's, they, they haven't done anything. They didn't do anything like it before. They haven't done anything like it since. I love it, um, but in my notes it says. You know, Up against a ton of other songs, Anna Lee would have won, but Spirit Carries On, enough said. Uh, Spirit Carries On is literally a perfect Dream Theater song. It's amazing on the record. Uh, it's always incredible live whenever they play it. I actually have Crying Girl on my notes too <laughs> as an example. Um, it just works, period, the end. The song just works beautifully in any format at any time. And it's so hard to write a song like that. And when, you know, this is the one when I went back and listened to it, that I always appreciated. But when you dig in, you just you realize that the whole thing is just ear candy. It sounds phenomenal. You're hooked. the The melodies are there. the The, the song is just one giant hook. It's it's a perfect slab of music, man. So that was as much as I love Anna Lee. That was an easy one.
1: I think Anna Lee is a song that's only ever going to work with Sherinian, to be honest. You think so? I think Jordan I think Jordan would do a little bit too much on keyboards and make it just a little overplayed, which isn't a burn on Jordan, but I think Sharinian's just got the right pocket to make a song like Anna Lee work that I okay. don't know that more I mean, would I- have had that I don't know that Rudis does have. i love them all, but I think that song is definitive to his style
0: okay i mean i i would agree with you i the only thing i would say is i i don't know if jordan would necessarily overplay i don't hear him going like for... oh, i i figure he would be true to the source material so i don't know if he would overplay it necessarily.
1: i mean in terms of writing something like that
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I think Thought you mean, think, I think if he was so. going to
1: play it, he'd play it properly. But I think if he was going to write it, there'd be a few extra little fillies here and there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you do have something like "Wither." I mean, the piano version of "Wither" is. is uh, I mean, that's that's pretty simple.
1: True, but I mean, I don't you know. could be right. But he does.
0: Pre- he does prefer a more busy style. Yeah. So. That brings us to the final track. And uh, this is one of the two that was easy peasy for me. Sorry to use that term, but that's what I wrote on my notes. Uh, Trial of Tears versus Finally Free. I have two notes, the easy peasy, which is terrible, but I wrote it. Uh, My second note, hmm. My favorite Dream Theater song against a song I ranked low on the list of Closing songs. Tough choice here. Trial of Tears is my all-time favorite Dream Theater song. And finally, Free's cool, but it's a closer, and I think they've done better album closers. And honestly, I don't know that there's a song on scenes from a memory that would have beaten out Trial of Tears for me. I just love everything about that song. Well,
1: if it's Uh, your favorite song, of course nothing's going to bet it, is it? (laughs)
0: Look at this. Look at Adam Rischel. before we go on, Adam, I I, I hope that, I hope that you are talking. You're not talking about uh, trial of tears with this comment, John. Since listening to this podcast, I've gone back and listened to Falling Into Infinity because of how much you rave about it. But I find myself continuing to skip over the song. Yeah, it, how do you skip over trial of tears? What the hell, Adam? That is Adam. You're you're jumping my- into Gibson Gibson Les Paul territory. Look, look, Gibson, Les Paul, you're right. It is easy. Finally, free takes it. You see, Gibson's just trying to piss in my Wheaties. That's all he's doing. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> look, man. If for nothing, if for, if if for if for no other reason, for nothing else, finally free has a guy that's supposed to sound like he's walking across a carpeted floor in his living room, and it sounds like he's walking on gravel. Okay. So it's got a dumb sound effect. So there, Trial of Tears wins because it doesn't have a dumb sound effect. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why I picked it, damn it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, for me, Trial of Tears is absolutely perfect. I love every second of it. And I, when I saw it live in 2014, I went to the show and I was thinking, man, if, if I could just pick if they'd only play a one-song setlist, I want to hear Trilateers. And when they went into that little sound effect, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm actually getting it!" Yes. So, uh, part of me is hoping that it's in the setlist for the new tour. Um, I do not know what's in the new tour. There are there are spoilers out there, and I'm I want to go into the show on February 23rd, spoiler free. So, if anybody knows songs in the setlist, do not tell me. But I'm hoping for it.
1: Stay off that social media because I think Jordan's confirmed two now.
0: Well, if it's it's the alien and a view from the top of the world, those are
1: not surprises. (laughs) One is correct, one is not. Wow. Really? The other was probably as obvious as being the alien.
0: Oh, okay. So, all right. I see. Okay. All right. So, Trial of Tears versus Finally Free. I have Trial of Tears. Which one do you have? I have Finally Free.
1: You do not? It's. Huh? you do not do. do you really yeah I went back and I looked at yeah album closer episode and Trial of Tears was my number four Finally Free was my number two it is a great ending to the story it's like okay here's what he thinks has happened here's what actually happened it's that ending drum solo if you've Seen Portnoy do that once, it's, it's over. I think Ugh. it's a great wrap-up to the story. And if you don't, John, then open your eyes, Drake.
0: <laughs> 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 well, I'm not saying it's not a great wrap-up. It's just, I mean, think of all the other songs that are better than it as a closer. There's a lot of them. I only I took mean- one.
1: I only have one over this one.
0: Well, that's why you're not. To live. That's why. That's why you're not a full time host because you're wrong too much of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I remember you did say that, and I was like, second best, really. Wow. Now,
1: I, I'd, be- I don't know. I'd still agree with that now, but I don't know. Final Free w- just has something for me.
0: If it wasn't the closing track for a story. If it was just an album full of regular songs, would you still say Finally Free
1: if is we're that high on the list of as, closers? If we're looking at it as just songs, I think even just. I, I love that outro vamp on its own. Okay. I think that. I mean, correct. you're not
0: wrong about the drum part. I mean, that part is amazing. Like, Portnoy does some crazy stuff in there. Um, you
1: know, it's. I, I, I gotta love that bit, honestly. I think if we were looking at it as just songs, because, yeah, to be fair, I'm looking at it as a storyline. I think if you're looking at just I get one song detached from everything just in its own void, yeah, alright, I can give you in that moment that Trial of Tears is probably a lot better as okay. just song. But for okay. me, when you're looking at it in terms of this is the culmination of everything that has been seen from a memory. It's hard to go past Finally Free. Okay. It really is.
0: I'm going to disagree with you. I, I think – and maybe it's just because, you know, the spirit carries on is just so glorious. Uh Finally Free kind of feels like – uh why am i drawing a blank beneath the surface the la- like the song that comes the-, the one that co- it comes after breaking all illusions i always forget i get the two yeah that's what yeah it feels like that i'm like breaking all illusions is like oh my god that's such a great closer and wait, what is this and it, it's kind of like finally free is kind of a letdown after well not kind of it is a letdown after you know spirit carries on so maybe that's it's, why i look at it that way
1: it's not for me it's not
0: Okay, I can it's, see
1: that. It's got great thematic structure with bringing back one last time after they get killed. I think that's a great. All right, we're still here. We get to at least go out together, kind of thing. I think re bringing bringing back that solo that we heard in Overture nineteen twenty eight to wrap it up. That's the last bit of John's leads here. You know, okay. starting with the Spirit Carries On chords and then having that nice, dark vamp with the drums solo over it. It's, I don't know. There's a lot there that I enjoy in terms of thematic structure. I think it's a great masterpiece in that on how to reprise things. i okay. go as far as saying it definitely elevates it on the live scenes from New York version where you get that big finale of... The strange age of the one last time bit.
0: Okay. Well, I got a lot of comments I want to bring up because there's a lot of conversation on this. Um, Adam Rishog did he did correct me. He was actually talking about Anna Lee. He was not talking about Trial of Tears. So
1: Oh All well right. I, I I can I <laughs> can forgive you on that ground.
0: Yeah. So so Joe Gebhart, he says, Trial of Tears, it's just a fantastic song. Finally free is intense with the murder scene, but I have to go with Trial of Tears. Adam he says, I love Finally Free so much. Such a great closing track and totally ties the concept together. But Trial of Tears is a masterpiece. Sarcasmo Assholio. Uh, oh, very cool. He says, Saw scenes from a memory DVD recording at the Beacon in 2000 live. They put me in the VIP balcony, best show ever. You were there. Wow, he got to see the four hour Dream Theater set. That is wow. Is that is that considered like the Dream Theater show to have been at? Is that like
1: that's almost as much of a god moment as seeing Wayne pull off the fucking Picasso guitar, (laughs) right?
0: So, uh, so JG three, he says this may be highly this may be a highly controversial opinion, but I am not a huge fan of finally freeze ending. It's kind of why I don't like A View from the Top of the World's ending. I think it was heavily inspired by Finally Free's ending. Okay. Um I don't really hear the Finally Free ending in A View from the Top of the World. I hear more Uh, Scott's ending in
1: A View from the Top of the World.
0: Okay. I, I did I didn't notice a lot of repetitive stuff. I'll have to go back and listen to it again. Um but I don't think it's controversial either to say that you're not a fan of "Finally Free's ending. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's like I said, I, it's it's cool, but to me, it, it's it comes after pretty much a masterpiece of a song, so it's kind of like eh, it's you know not as good. Yeah. But, uh, but that you know that's that's just me. And uh, Adam says such a good point. If "Finally Free" was the last track on any other album, I would not consider it as great. <laughs> J- J- JG3 forgot it was a cage match. He says "Trial of Tears" is easily the winner over "Finally Free" for me. I forgot it was a cage match. <laughs> so,
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm 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 happy to take the L on this in the court of public <laughs> opinion. But so, and I, I I agree with you. I think if it was the closer to any other album, it wouldn't be as good. But I don't know. I don't think any other album would support. It being structured like that.
0: Huh? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, man. That makes sense.
1: You know, I almost wish the astonishing closer was more like that with thematic wrap up. Here's the final go down on exactly what has happened here. it's it's de- it's definitely better than oh by the way you are forgiven for killing your sister just cuz she's alive now. <laughs> I
0: see I I just I just think The Astonishing is a different piece of work. You know, yeah, I mean they're both concept is. records but I mean Scenes from a Scenes Memory is is specifically a concept album whereas I think The Astonishing is meant to be more almost like a book or a movie, but you listen to it instead of watch it, if that makes sense. It's it's much more, you know, it, it's, kind it's, a of like a, it's got like chapters. Yeah, like chapters. So I, I think like kind of going back and doing a recap is not really what they do in that sort of format. So I, I don't know. So what do you I have know, as your final I'm... score?
1: All right, let me count it up. Let me count it up. I have Please. seven to four
0: falling into it. <laughs> Infinity, which again should not be a surprise for.
1: Okay. I've got five for infinity versus, I guess, would be six for scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Six to so five. You've got a six to five, five victory for
0: scene. And I've got a seven to four victory for falling into infinity. Adam Rishog, he says he has eight to three for scenes and i'm sure gibson les paul's probably at like uh 10 to 1 maybe yeah <laughs> seriously oh and he, he and he, he's look at that he he is he is calling out sarcasmo assholio and unfortunately gibson on this one you are wrong he's talking about the dvd recording for scenes from memory uh he says that show was at roseland ballroom not beacon theater i believe Hmm. Someone not telling the truth. No, I. That was at the Beacon Theater. Most positive, isn't it?
1: I was pretty sure it was Roseanne Bowen. All right, let's look it up.
0: Yep. All right, be our Google master. You're you're usually our Google master. Uh, I could swear it's the Beacon Theater. Uh, speaking of live shows, JG3 says also one of my favorite shows in His- Dream Theater uh, three I can't talk. In Dream Theater history is the Bucharest show from two thousand two. What a set right. and performance! If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's also the show where James falls during the killing hand. So, I have two uh, two things on that. I own that DVD, so I did. I did get the uh, Yeti Jam, so I have seen it. I love it. You are not wrong, but I did not notice him falling during the killing hand. <laughs> so you've never noticed that? I did not notice that. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and look for that.
1: I think it's. I think it's doing the looking deep into the sea.
0: <laughs> I did not notice
1: <laughs> that.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It
1: looks like he just faints for half a second there. It's just like, what the hell? He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look like he trips on anything. He's just standing there and then he's not.
0: Right. Okay, JG three is sarcasmo Holio not to be trusted, and sarcasmo Holio answers, "Sure, you can trust me. Hop in my van. I have candy."
1: <laughs> I looked it up. It's definitely Roseland Ballroom.
0: Oh, it's the Roseland Ballroom. Okay, I thought it was the Beacon.
1: I don't think they played the Beacon on that tour.
0: Well, I I doubt somebody would lie about being at that show. So I'm 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 going to trust sarcasmo asholio. I mean, they're both being sarcastic.
1: They're both um, massive venues around the same spot, so yeah, could now, just be a slight mix-up.
0: There is a caveat to this, Sarcasmo. I'm not,
1: I'm not going with a lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Probably just forgot he was drunk or something. But, but yeah, Sarcasmo, I, I'm, I'm going to put a caveat in this, though. I've told everybody about how I was at score, and I can actually back that up because I'm in the documentary <laughs> twice. Oh, so, if you, so I could prove that. So... If if you if you're not in the documentary for that one, might you know might be a little difficult. But I believe you. So, oh look at this. JG three said John Petrucci falls as well, and you can see him continue to play and James continues to sing. Man, what am I watching? I've watched that so many times, and I have not seen that. All right. Well, it looks like I have to go back and watch it. Actually, I think I loaned that out to Brian now that I think about it. I think I might have given that to Brian. I'll have to get it back from him next time I see him. Uh, well, KL... No,
1: it's, it's definitely confirming Roseland is the uh, main date for it on Setlist FM as well. So,
0: Okay. All right.
1: I'm not seeing Roseland on that tour.
0: Well, I got to say, man, uh, thank you That's very much for filling Nothing in for bigger. Brian on this one. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. Joe Gebhart says, this has been fun. I gotta go. My condolences to Brian and his family. Thank you very much, Joe. That is, that is very kind of you. He says, go, Chiefs. Uh, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but hey, you'll probably win. So uh, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you stepping in, man. Uh you know, I think I told you Brian thanks you as well for yeah. jumping in and, and getting his back on this. Uh, just, was- wanna,
1: just wanna just want to send a shout out to Brian.
0: I hope you're doing all right,
1: man, here if you want to talk. Uh, just before I hop off, though, I just need to tell you that that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> that's the that's, last time. It's not that, happening again.
0: That but that's is awesome. <laughs> uh, so, uh, JG3, um, when we're done here, just go check the beginning of the show real quick, and I – I go over uh, what happened Brian lost his Brian lost his dad suddenly so uh, he's off doing personal stuff. but uh, yeah once again thanks to all you guys in the chat JG3 Joe Gebhardt Sarcasmo Gibson, Adam Rishog all you fine folks man we appreciate you guys for coming out. Uh, I'm going to have somebody look at my effing computer so that this damn microphone crap stops uh, mm-hmm. it's it's funny it did it on my on the last two episodes of, of this show but my my nerd podcast the nerf herder Council, last hey, week was perfectly that, fine. Gonna... I, I don't know what the I don't know what the hell's going on. Do so you have so, a
1: different setup?
0: Exact same setup, man.
1: <laughs> so were you Were you running it
0: on yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Then that's same just thing.
0: weird. Same thing, man. I guess the so,
1: computer just doesn't like Dream Theater anymore.
0: <laughs> it was pissed off that I that I had a. Uh, it was pissed off that I had falling into infinity beating scenes from a memory. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, thank you guys very much for jumping in the chat. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the kind wishes for Brian. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll probably mention something when he comes back for the next episode. Uh uh. W- one quick question before we go. Adam Rishog says, John, real quick, who's winning the Super Bowl? Uh it pains me to say this, but I'm I, I would be not surprised yet. if it, if it's not the Chiefs. I, I, would, I would I would I would be surprised if it's not the Chiefs. I, I don't see I don't think there's any way that the Bengals beat them. And you know it's Patrick Mahomes, and you know I mean the Rams defense is okay. 49ers could could give him a game, I suppose, but I just think it's the Chiefs, and I hate to say that. So, um, a- a- Adam says he's going Rams. I I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. JG Three agrees. Says as a longtime Eagles fan, don't underestimate Andy Reid's ability to mess up a big game. <laughs> I'm a Browns fan, dude. You guys, you guys that have been in all sorts of playoff games and Super Bowls need to quit complaining. (laughs) So you don't know the misery that we do. So, all right, guys, we're going to jump. Thanks again for checking out Talking Into Infinity, a dream theater podcast. We are back right here on february 10th so uh brian will be back for that one uh, again we are live every other thursday at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time youtube facebook talking into infinity.com or the cms and uh kale once again thanks very much thanks to all you guys for thanks, checking man. out the show and we'll catch you next time guys carpe diem everyone thanks for checking out talking into infinity a dream theater podcast just wanted to remind you that we want you to be a part of the show if you give us a like on facebook or follow us on twitter at tiidt podcast we post the schedule of when we are recording the show live it is a streaming video platform on our facebook and youtube pages and it has a live chat feature where you can comment on the show ask questions And we can bring your remarks up on the screen and have you drive the conversation. So again, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T podcast and come hang out with us and be a part of the show. Thanks again and carpe diem.